Would you join me for just a moment of prayer? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, Lord, may they be found acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, today we find ourselves in part two of our series, Finding Rest in a World of Chaos. Last week, we talked about some of the chaos in our lives. I I asked you to share some of the reality that is your life. If you were here last week, you remember I asked you to text me how many hours a week you worked. Looking through the data that you sent me, most people averaged between 55 and 60 hours a week dedicated to work. The second question I asked was how much time you spend devoted to family, friends, and people that you love. How much time a week do you spend intentionally building these relationships? And while some of the responses were positive, the vast majority felt as though they were laden with guilt. Most of the numerical answers were in the single digits of hours each week. The third question I asked was, what prevents you from resting in your life? And the responses to that question were all over the map. We all have so many different things that weigh on us in our day-to-day life. But the fourth question was most revealing. I I asked you to define your life in one word. While many who were here last week shared positive words like blessed, happy, and excited— Once again, the vast majority of the responses were things like stressed, tired, depressed, and anxious. What I realized when I looked over the some 400 text messages that I got last Sunday is that I am not alone in my struggle with wrestling with the chaos in life. What I hope that you came to find last week is the same realization that you are not alone in your struggle to deal with the chaos in your life. We all face times of pure chaos in our life. Whether it is merely an overcommitted lifestyle or an unexpected turn of events in our life that causes us to spin out of control, work schedules, family expectations, school requirements, the needs of aging parents, grandparents caring for grandkids, volunteer hours, illnesses and treatments, car repairs, financial struggles, the list can go on and on indefinitely. How would your life change if you could find rest this week? How many of you were here last week, did your homework? Raise your hand if you took one hour of rest over the last week. For those of you who didn't, do you wish that you did? If you failed to take that hour rest that I asked you to take, thank you for illustrating my point. Last week, we talked about how hard it can be to choose to rest. I talked about how we are called to decide to rest. God, at the beginning of creation, decided to rest after he created. God did not need to rest. God was not tired. God chose to rest. Then he set aside the time of rest and he called it holy. If you struggled to take one hour of rest, last week, then you understand firsthand how hard it can be to choose to rest, how countercultural it can feel. And I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I merely want you to recognize the challenge that we all face. Now, to demonstrate some of the barriers to rest, I want to share some of my barriers. I, I often choose not to rest because maybe I have too much work to do. I have to take my kids to 
wherever. I have to finish this project for work right now. I need to shut my brain off by watching one more episode on Netflix. Or I didn't get up in time to read and pray because I stayed up too late watching one more show on Netflix. We need the money. If I don't do it, it will. no one else will, will, so I have to. I'm sure you could come up with your own list of barriers to choosing rest. Each time that I decide not to rest, to not set aside time that honors God, myself, and my family, I always, always, always have an excuse. I always have a reason. Do you always have an excuse or a reason? Is there always something more important in your life than rest? Jesus knew something that so many of us fail to recognize. Simply put, we cannot continually do in our lives. We must stop and rest. Rest is an essential part of our lives. It is a necessary part of our physical lives. Rest is a crucial part of our spiritual lives. In Mark chapter 16, the author depicts a miraculous event, Jesus feeding thousands of people on a hillside. But this event is prefaced with Jesus needing to take a break. Let's listen in from Mark chapter 6, verse 31. Then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to be to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. Jesus continually left the crowds. He left his closest disciples to go off and be alone and spend time in prayer. Rest and renewal were essential parts of Jesus' lifestyle. Regularly, Jesus would go off and be by himself to pray. Regularly, Jesus would take breaks. One story in the gospel even records Jesus taking a nap. After getting in a boat and setting out across the Sea of Galilee, Jesus falls asleep in the back of the boat with his head on the cushion. The disciples had to wake him up to calm the storm. If Jesus had to take time apart to physically rest and spiritually rest, why don't we? If the living Son of God needs times of rest, why do we resist rest and Sabbath time in our lives? I think one of the reasons that we have that when we talk about Sabbath rests is that we overconceptualize what Sabbath means in our lives today. While I would love to tell you that taking an entire day of rest is what you should do, for most people it's not possible. It's too big of a leap from where we are today. The idea that we need to take an entire day to rest is biblically based. In fact, for me, it is a goal in my life to get to that point. But the reality of my lifestyle and the obligations that I have makes it so that an entire day dedicated to Sabbath is nearly impossible. But that does not mean that I cannot have my day of Sabbath. Let's dive in so I can explain. To begin, we must set aside our preconceived notions and understanding of what Sabbath is. Many of us structure our understanding of Sabbath around the Jewish Sabbath, which means taking an entire day from sundown to sundown utterly void of work. After all, this is what the Old Testament instructs us to do. Don't do any work. The Mishnah is a book of the Jewish oral traditions that were written in the second century, and, and in it we find many rules and laws. The Jewish religion was, was given 
the law through Moses, do this and or don't do that. The, the laws were designed to help the Hebrew people be set apart from their culture. They were designed to help the people of God live spiritual lives. They were a, there was a great fear that individuals would break those laws. So to safeguard the essential laws, the Jewish leaders developed more laws to protect those most important ones. In regards to the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders needed to define what work was, thereby creating an understanding of do not work and what that meant. So the Jewish leaders came up with a list of 39 rules or laws of what constitutes work on the Sabbath. These 39 Sabbath laws included things that prevented um, sowing seeds or plowing, reaping, threshing, uh, winnowing, grinding, baking, shearing, cleaning, spinning and stretching threads, sewing, hunting, trapping, cutting, writing, building, making fires, all things that were physical work. The point of all these laws and rules was to create a safety net so that individuals could honor the Sabbath day. Honor the one day out of seven that is set apart for God. These acts of work were thought to prevent individuals from honoring God because really when you do these things, your focus moves away from God and toward your own productivity, your own economy, or your own accomplishment. These laws set the stage for Jesus' new teaching on the Sabbath and rest. And I want to take you to another event that happened in the Gospel of Mark in chapter 2. This event is recorded in all the Gospels. You see, Jesus made a lot of enemies as it relates to the Sabbath day because the Jewish leader had all of these rules about the Sabbath that Jesus continually broke. In, In breaking the rules, the religious leaders believed that Jesus was breaking the commandments. So from Mark chapter 2, we find this story. One Sabbath day, as Jesus was walking through some grain fields, his disciples began breaking off heads of grain to eat. But the Pharisees said to Jesus, Look, why are they breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? I'll pause for just a second. Remember, one of some of those rules um, that are in the Mishnah said that things like sowing seeds, plowing, reaping, threshing, winnowing, grinding, those, those, were, all, those were all against the law of the Sabbath day. Let's continue. So Jesus said to them, Haven't you ever read the scriptures, what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God during the days when Abathar was high priest and broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests are allowed to eat. He also gave some to his companions. Then Jesus told them, The Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord, even over the Sabbath. The Hebrew people were used to being told legalistically what they could and could not do during the Sabbath time. To honor the Sabbath, you had to not do specific things. These laws became so ingrained in the culture that to go outside of those laws meant to be isolated from the religious community. However, Jesus is very upfront about the problem that this legalism created in the culture. People were living for the law instead of living out the purpose of the law. 
The purpose of the Sabbath law and the Ten Commandments was to create a space and a place for people to separate themselves from the daily grind and connect back to the source of all life. The original, the Ten Commandments were were given to create a framework for a lifestyle where whole people lived out their faith wholly in relationship with God. Instead of focusing on finding rest in God, people focused on living out specific legal traits. Do this, don't do that. But Jesus says that they had missed the mark. Jesus says the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. Sabbath is about you. Jesus is saying that Sabbath and rest was created for you. You were not created for the Sabbath. Your purpose is not to take a day off. The day off, the time off, the Sabbath rest was designed designed for your benefit. Rest is not an obligation of the faithful. Instead, rest, Sabbath rest, is a privilege of the faithful. And Sabbath rest begins with Jesus. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus says the iconic words, Come to me, all, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am a humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. The Greek words used in this passage speak of grind, the grinding and toil, the desperate burdens in our lives. Weary and heavy burdens specifically means the things that crush you in life. Jesus did not promise that coming to him would fix all your problems. Jesus did not guarantee that your burdens would go away. Instead, he promised that in coming to him, we would find renewal and rest. So, How do we live out the Sabbath in our culture today? Is it possible to take an entire day off of rest? For most of us, the answer is no. Let's let's be honest. Setting the standard for a full day of rest is an unrealistic goal for most of us. What we need to focus on today is progress and not perfection. Progress, moving toward honoring the Sabbath and keeping it holy. Progress is possible. Perfection and Sabbath keeping is often an unrealistic starting goal. Maybe someday we'll get there. And I pray that each of us here would one day get to the point where we remember to honor the Sabbath for one day out of seven. But for most of us, progress is where we should focus today. To get to the question of how to live out the Sabbath, we must begin with the question of why. What is it that the Sabbath is supposed to do in our lives? When we understand this, the application of Sabbath keeping becomes more tangible and and more realistic. Last week, in reading the Ten Commandments, we understood that physical rest is a crucial component to Sabbath keeping. You have six days to do your regular work, but the seventh day is meant for honoring God and resting from your work. Physical rest is a crucial component of Sabbath keeping. God chose to rest. Physical rest, away from the daily grind, is a key component to Sabbath keeping because it gives us the opportunity 
to transition our focus away from productivity and toward the holy, which leads to the second component. Spiritual renewal is the second key tenet of Sabbath keeping. Spiritual renewal is based on the understanding that we are called to honor God in the Sabbath. This means that we pause and recognize the source of life in all things. We take time to worship God. We acknowledge that God is the provider of all things in our life. Spiritual renewal means that we do the things that renew our life of faith. We take time to reconnect with God, redirect our focus on Him, and center our lives on His life-giving presence. Spiritual renewal is a crucial component of Sabbath-keeping as we intentionally devote time to developing our relationship with God. But our relationship with God is not the only relationship that we are called to prioritize. Intentional relationship formation is the crucial third tenet of Sabbath-keeping. We know and understand that God is a relational deity. God lives in a relationship with humankind, and humankind lives in relationship with others. Part of living a Sabbath lifestyle is intentionally investing in the most important bonds that you have. Relationship with God is a part of the renewal. Connection with others is also essential. Intentional time with your spouse, your children, your parents, your close friends is important. At the beginning of creation, God said that it was not good for humankind to be alone. We were created to live in relationship with others. For this reason, part of Sabbath keeping involves our intentional focus on our close relationships. These are the three areas of Sabbath keeping for today. Rest, renewal, and relationships. These are the primary areas of, of modern-day Sabbath-keeping. Rest, physical rest from the daily toil of your life. Renewal, spend time growing your spiritual connection with God. Relationships, an intentional focus on the people who are most important in your life. Rest, renewal, relationships. But understand that Sabbath keeping can look different for each of us. The, the way that I keep the Sabbath may be slightly different than your practice of Sabbath keeping. But these three primary areas of Sabbath keeping are the same for all of us because Sabbath involves rest, renewal, and relationships. To honor the Sabbath, we must participate in spiritual renewal. We do this through worship as a primary spiritual renewal place. Yes, it is true that some find spiritual renewal in a small group or life group engagement or through a daily devotional time where you sit and pray in silence and study the scriptures. The primary place where spiritual renewal takes place is in worship as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ each week together. If you're going to do one thing, one thing, choose to honor the Sabbath by finding renewal in worship. Make worship a priority. That is the first step of progress towards Sabbath keeping. I live out this component in Sabbath keeping each week. Whether I'm preaching or not, I always find time to be in worship. It is a time that I set aside my pastor hat and merely worship God with my family. Aaron and I talk about the message and what it means in our lives, and we grin at each other as we watch Jacob dance like no one's watching to the praise band. Not only do we honor the Sabbath during our worship time, 
but we also invest in our relationship with each other. This is important because to honor the Sabbath, we must also intentionally invest in the most important relationships in our lives. These relationships may be different for each of us. This might mean spending quality and quantity time with your spouse, kids, parents, grandparents, or any other member of your family. But this can also mean investing time in the people that God has brought into your life. People you mentor, those who mentor you, friends, neighbors, those who serve as your lifeline in times of chaos. Part of keeping the Sabbath is investing in the relationships that are most important in your life. For my family, we do this in a variety of ways. With, with small kids in the house, I spend countless hours on the floor wrestling with my kids, playing with them till my knees ache and my legs go numb. We play board games and Mario Kart together. We have family dinners almost every day of the week where we turn off the TV and we talk about our days. But we also invest in our relationships with other people. Almost every Sunday afternoon and evening, my best friend from high school comes over with his family. Our kids play together and they tear up the basement. The adults play games, cook dinner together, and then we all sit down for a family meal and we talk about our weeks and our lives together. These are life-giving Sabbath moments in our household. If you want to know where to start today, begin with your family. There are vast sums of research that, re that report the importance of family meals and how valuable they are. Try to turn off the TV for dinner tonight or choose to eat at home. Sit around the table and eat together. I will give you my starter question. Every dinner as we eat, I ask my kids what was the best part of their day. Aaron and I are not exempt from the conversation. From there, the discussion always continues. Um, so if you want the first step for today... Start with a family dinner or start with a meal with a friend. Then explain and then expand and include to all the relationships that are essential to you. Invest in your relationships wherever and whenever you can. Lastly, to honor the Sabbath, we must physically rest. We must physically rest from the stress and burden of our weekly life. We do, if we do not take time to physically rest. We burn out and make ourselves sick. When we burn out and make ourselves sick, we are unable to honor the Sabbath through spiritual renewal or be of any value in our relationships. God chose to rest. We must also decide to rest. For me, the choice to physically rest is a choice not to do something else. It may sound silly, but for me, choosing to rest is an everyday event. The silly part is that I have a bedtime. For me to honor my Sabbath time, I have decided to adopt a bedtime. This means that I go to bed regardless if all the work is done or if there is one more episode on Netflix that I want to watch. But it also means that on Sunday afternoons, I take time to rest. Yes, I've become my parents. I take a nap on Sunday afternoons. Funny story, I was told by a member of uh, this past week that last Sunday after church, her husband went to take a nap and told her that he was going to take some Tim time. Without physical rest and a break from the daily grind, we are unable to focus on the previous two parts of Sabbath keeping. If we fail to rest our bodies, our ability to honor the Sabbath through spiritual renewal and intentional relationship development decrease. 
Allow yourself time to rest. If you want to begin today, after lunch, take a nap. Choose to rest. Understand that you don't have to take Sunday off as though it were a holiday. You don't need to make 24 hours of rest your goal today. Instead, I encourage you to take moments of Sabbath to find moments of holy time to devote time and devote them to physical rest, spiritual renewal, and intentional relationship. That is what Sabbath keeping is all about, honoring, God's, honoring God, taking time out of your busy schedule for the things that are most important in life. Remember that the Sabbath was a gift to humankind. It was made for you. Rest, Renewal and relationships, these are the foundational categories of a focused Sabbath. The world may continually spin out of control in your life, but if you pause and follow God's instructions to honor the Sabbath, you will find that your rest, renewal, and relationships change your response to the chaos. Life becomes less chaotic when you intentionally take time to rest physically, spiritually, and relationally. Is rest possible in a world of chaos? The answer is yes. Rest is possible in a world of chaos, but the way that you find rest is through submission. It's through following God's calling to remember to observe the Sabbath, to remember that the Sabbath was made for you and it was made for me. We were not made for the Sabbath. Sabbath is a gift given to us by God. It is not an obligation of our faith. It is a privilege. Hear me say that one last time. Sabbath is not an obligation of our faith. It is a privilege. Will you pray with me? Awesome God, we come before you this day with the desire to honor you in our Sabbath time. Lord, give us the strength and the commitment to move toward honoring the Sabbath. Enable us to make progress and not focus so much on perfection. Move in our hearts and lives as we take steps toward rest, renewal, and relationship. It's in Jesus' name that we pray and everyone said, Amen.